Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. No matter how many ideas you have for your story, there's always going to be one main plot thread that takes precedence over the others. This main plot thread represents your story's global genre, and it's what's going to connect the beginning of your story to the end of your story. And it connects the beginning of your story to the end of your story by raising a specific question in the beginning and then answering that question by the story's end. And this specific question is what the reader is tracking from the beginning of the story and what they expect to find the answer to by the end of the story. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, I'm going to show you how to start building out the shape of your story so that you can start to see the arc of change from the beginning to the end. And the reason I like to look at stories like this is because when you know what needs to happen at the beginning and the end of your story, it becomes a whole lot easier to figure out everything that needs to happen in between. So if you've ever wondered things like, how the heck am I supposed to take all of these ideas in my head and then turn them into a story that works? Or if you've ever wondered how you can possibly start to create some kind of shape in your story when your idea hasn't even fully taken shape, then I think you're going to really like today's episode. Now, before we dive in, I want to mention that it would be extremely helpful to have some idea of your story's global genre before you can start to figure out where your story is going to start and end. I'm going to link to an episode on choosing the best genre for your story in the show notes in case you want to go listen to that episode first, but either way, it's always a good idea to start with your story's global genre in mind. And that's because no matter how many ideas you have for your story, there's always going to be one main plot thread that takes precedence over the others. This main plot thread represents your story's global genre, and it's what's going to connect the beginning of your story to the end of your story. And it connects the beginning of your story to the end of your story by raising a specific question in the beginning and then answering that question by the story's end. And this specific question is what the reader is tracking from the beginning of the story and what they expect to find the answer to by the end of the story. It's also what gives a story a sense of narrative drive and what makes the reader want to turn page after page to find out what's going to happen next or how that central story question will be answered. And this is where your story's genre comes in because each genre asks a really specific central question. So in action stories, the central question is some version of, is the protagonist going to defeat the antagonist and survive the encounter? In romance novels, the central question is some version of, are these two individuals going to get together and live happily ever after? 
in a mystery novel, the central question is some version of, is the protagonist going to identify the criminal and bring him or her to justice? So each genre has a specific question that it asks in the beginning and answers by the story's end. I won't go over each of these questions in today's episode, but if you go to the blog post for today's episode, you can see each of these central questions listed out. I'll link to that blog post in the show notes for you guys. So you might be thinking, okay, all of this sounds pretty good and it makes sense on the surface, but how does it actually help you write a story? If you can figure out what central question your story is asking and then how to answer that question by the end of the story, then you're going to be able to create a framework that the rest of your story can fit within. And that's really because these two key ask and answer moments are going to become the global inciting incident and the global climax of your story. So let's talk about what the inciting incident is first. The inciting incident is a scene that raises the main story question. So it's an event that gets the ball rolling in your story and raises the central question in the reader's mind. And usually this global inciting incident takes place about halfway through act one or around the 12% mark of a story. And this is important because without an inciting incident to raise this story question, not only is your story not going to feel like a cohesive whole, but the reader is likely going to lose interest in the story and probably will never finish it. So when I think about the moment a story starts, I think about the inciting incident of the global story. So what's that thing that happens that kicks off the story? Or what's the incident that causes the first domino to fall and then knock into the other dominoes? And that's what's going to create your plot. There's probably going to be a handful of scenes before this global inciting incident, but not really too many. And once you know what the global inciting incident of your story is, it's easy to work both backward and forward to start creating that overall shape of your whole story. So for example, in a romance novel, the global inciting incident is a scene where the lovers meet or first appear on the page together. There's probably going to be a few scenes before the lovers meet scene because the author needs to introduce the characters and their goals and the world they live in before the reader can feel properly invested in what's about to happen. And like I mentioned earlier, this inciting incident usually happens about halfway into act one. So if you place this moment properly, that doesn't really leave you a lot of time to info dump, right? It kind of forces you to get creative about how you're introducing the character and what they want and kind of the world they live in so that when the inciting incident happens, the reader can feel properly invested. Once you know what the inciting incident of your story is and what question the inciting incident raises in your reader's mind, then you can move on to figuring out the climax of your story. And the climax of your story is an event that answers the question that was raised by the inciting incident. And this moment is super important because without answering that main story question, your story is just not going to work. It's not going to feel satisfying to whoever's on the other end reading it. So when I think about where a story ends, I always think about this climactic moment or what big moment is the story building up to? So what have readers been waiting to see? And once you know what that scene looks like, it's going to be a lot easier to figure out what needs to happen in the few remaining scenes that you have left. There's probably going to be a handful of scenes that take place after the climactic event, but not too many. So, for example, in a romance novel, the climactic moment is the scene where the lovers get back together or reunite. There's usually a few scenes that come after that lovers reunite scene because the author needs to give readers a glimpse of what life is like now that the characters are living happily ever after or not, depending on the kind of story they're writing. So now that we know what the inciting incident and the climactic moment are and how they ask and answer the central story question, I wanted to walk through a few examples. Like I mentioned earlier, I can't go over every genre in this episode, but 
I do have examples listed out for each of the genres in the blog post that goes along with this episode. So one more time, I'll link to that in the show notes for you guys if you want to check that out. So the first example I want to start with is if you're writing an action story. The inciting incident of an action story is always going to be some kind of threat or attack made by the antagonist. So that's really what kicks off the plot. And then action stories usually end with the protagonist either defeating the antagonist or not. So as an example, we can look at the Hunger Games. So in the very beginning, we meet Katniss on the day of the reaping, and Prim is chosen as District 12's female tribute. So this would be kind of the attack or the threat by the antagonist. Then Katniss volunteers to take her place in the Hunger Games. So this moment raises the question in the reader's mind, is Katniss going to survive the Hunger Games? That's the inciting incident that raises this question. By the end of the story, both Katniss and Peeta have quote-unquote won the Hunger Games and they return to District 12. So at the very end, we learn the answer to the central story question. Will Katniss survive is the question, and yes, she does survive and returns home is the answer. The next example I have is in a romance. So in a romance novel, the inciting incident is usually the meeting of two separate individuals. So it's the first time they meet or the first time they appear on the page together. That's the inciting incident of the global story. By the end of the story, readers are going to want to know whether or not the two individuals get together in some kind of romantic relationship. So the climactic moment would answer that question. Do they get together or not? So for example, we can look at Pride and Prejudice. In Pride and Prejudice, Elizabeth meets Mr. Darcy and she instantly dislikes him, right? And this is the meeting of the two individuals that counts as the global inciting incident. This moment raises the question, will Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy get together in a romantic relationship or not? And then by the end of the story, we learn that Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy are happy and in a committed romantic relationship. So one more time, the inciting incident is the meeting of two separate individuals or the first time they appear on the page together. And that raises the question of will they get together or not? And then by the end, we want to answer that question in the climactic moment. The next example I want to go over is if you're writing a mystery. So mysteries typically start with the discovery of some kind of murder or crime. So that kind of raises the question of who done it or is the criminal going to be brought to justice, right? And then by the very end of a mystery, we will learn who the murderer or criminal is and whether or not they're brought to justice. So, for example, we can look at Murder on the Orient Express. In Murder on the Orient Express, a passenger is killed, which is the inciting incident. It's the discovery of this murder. And the conductor asks Hercule Poirot to find the killer. So this raises the question, will he figure out who done it and bring the criminal to justice or not? Then at the very end of the story, Hercule Poirot reveals the identity of the murderer to the train conductor and then lets the train conductor decide what to do about it. So this is kind of an interesting and different way to end a mystery, but that's a topic for another time. But basically, we have one murderer that is brought to justice and another group of murderers that are not brought to justice. So even though it's an interesting and kind of different ending, we still learn the answer to that question that was raised in the beginning. The next example I want to talk about is if you're writing a coming-of-age story or a story that falls within the worldview genre. So these kind of stories usually start out with some kind of challenge to the protagonist's black and white worldview. So the protagonist has thought the world was one way or thought they had a specific place in the world, but then something comes in and challenges that worldview. 
So then by the end of the story, we learn that the protagonist has either developed a deeper understanding of the world and their place in it, or they haven't. So they either kind of grow and mature or they've stayed stuck. And as an example, we can look at the perks of being a wallflower. So in this story, Charlie, who's the main character, becomes friends with Sam and Patrick, which is a challenge to his worldview. And it's a challenge to his worldview because he has a deeply held belief that people aren't going to like him once they get to know him, with the exception of his Aunt Helen, who was the only one that he ever thought understood him. So this raises the question, will Charlie stay friends with Sam and Patrick, or is he correct in thinking that nobody is really going to like him once they get to know him? And then by the end of the story, Charlie has to face a really hard truth about his Aunt Helen and ends up in the hospital. So we see that Sam, Patrick, and Charlie's family learn the truth, but still remain supportive and stay by Charlie's side. So his worldview was incorrect in the beginning, and he has developed a different worldview by the end. So hopefully you can see what I mean by the central story question and answer and how this question and answer pairing can inform the big picture shape of your story so that you'll have an easier time writing your novel. And what's really fun about this, or maybe it's just fun to me because I'm pretty nerdy about stories, is that you can start to get clever about how you use these ask and answer moments. So for example, say you're writing a story that has both an external and an internal genre. You can identify what these key moments are or these key questions and key answers for each of your genres and then weave them together to create a story with a larger impact and that feels like a more cohesive whole. So for a quick example, Pride and Prejudice has both an external and an internal genre. The external genre is romance and the internal genre is worldview. So Elizabeth has to change her black and white view of the world. She has to overcome her pride and her prejudice, and then she is able to receive true love. So we have a worldview arc where something challenges her worldview, and by the end of the story, we know whether or not she's changed her worldview. And then we have a romance arc that asks, will Elizabeth get together with Mr. Darcy or not? And then that's also answered by the end of the story. And what's really great about that example is you can see how the external question and answer play off the internal question and answer. So just a little fun thing to think about. Before I let you go, let's quickly recap what we went over today. So key point number one is that once you understand the general shape of your story, it's going to be a lot easier to figure out everything else that needs to happen in the middle. The second key point is that your story's global inciting incident is the event that raises the central question in the reader's mind. And then throughout the story, the reader is going to be looking for the answer to this question, which is where your story's global climax comes in. The global climax of your story is the event that answers the central story question. So does the protagonist defeat the antagonist, or do the lovers get together and live happily ever after? Or does the detective solve the case and bring the criminal to justice? And remember that you can view the start and end points by genre in the blog post for this episode if you need help figuring out what the inciting incident or the climax should be for your story. And I'll include that link to the blog post in the show notes in case you want to check that out. Another quick thing I wanted to mention is that if you want to do an exercise to help you kind of get your ideas out of your head and onto the page, you could start with a two to three sentence summary of the beginning, middle, and end of your story. And the lens I want you to look through as you're creating this two to three sentence summary is the lens of your central story question. So try to both ask and answer that central story question in your summary. And then when you're done with that, you can use your summary as a big picture roadmap to help you keep on track as you kind of dig into the weeds of your story. 
So that's it for today's episode. Hopefully you now have a pretty good idea of where your story can start and end. And hopefully you'll see that your story is starting to take some kind of shape. And from here, if you know your story's global genre, you can then take this big picture shape and then drill down into those obligatory scenes and conventions of your genre just to make it that much easier on yourself to fill up the middle of your story. And as a reminder, I'll link to the episode about choosing the best genre for your story in the show notes, just in case you need help choosing the right genre for your idea. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.